You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bott and Megan Gesner. Everybody, welcome back. We are brushing off some cobwebs. We've been gone for two weeks. You yeah. know, we've got some travel and a sickness between us, mm-hmm. but now we are all better and we're excited to drop some new tunes in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today's going to be Harini's turn. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Harini, take us away. Okay. All right, Megan. This will be kind of, I want to say a fun one because we don't usually talk about pop culture, but this is a rare instance where pop culture and science are combining. So, Megan, any guesses, any guesses what I could be talking about? Pop, Ozempic. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's the only thing actually that has been on my mind as something to potentially cover. So I'm glad you're covering it. Cause I'm like, that's a hot topic right now. It okay. is. It is. Well, if I had known, maybe we could have done like a joint conversation. Cause I know we always talk about wanting to do that, but we, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure like, you know, about something. So I was hoping this could be a discussion. So let's absolutely. see where this takes us. All right. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Megan Ozempic has been hot in the headlines as of late. So I was like, it would be remiss of us if we as the Deadly Dose podcast did not talk about it. So here we are. Okay. So I, the angle I'm going with this is I'm going to basically debunk five myths that have been swirling around Ozempic and provide us with the facts because there's lots of misinformation going around. So let's talk about it. Okay. First of all, what the heck is Ozempic? Always a good place to start. So Ozempic is part of a relatively new class of diabetes drugs called GLP-1 inhibitors. Mm-hmm. Ozempic is the newest of the six drugs. There are six drugs in this class, and Ozempic is the latest approval in 2017. The way it works, it's a once-weekly subcutaneous injection that starts out at 0.25 milligrams, and then after a month, you bump it up to 0.5 milligrams. So the only reason I'm saying that is to emphasize that this is a very low and slow process because it's strong. It's, it's a prescription drug. All GLP-1 inhibitors will lower blood glucose, of course, but they also cause weight loss. And this is a huge plus for diabetes patients because losing weight, especially around the waistline, can reduce your risk for diabetes. So just as like a general, when fat builds up around the waistline, it also accumulates around your organs, including the pancreas, which is where insulin is made and produced. So having excess fat in that area can cause insulin resistance, which is what happens with mm-hmm. diabetes patients. So losing that fat can actually help you produce insulin again or like on your own or allow your diabetes meds to work better. So it's always, mm-hmm. always like in the plan of any patient who has diabetes that first and foremost, we want to do non-pharmacological measures, which is like diet exercise mm-hmm. for that reason. But how does it actually work like in terms of the diabetes component, but also the weight loss component? So GLP-1 stands for glucagon-like peptide 1. 
this compound stimulates insulin production in the body while simultaneously inhibiting glucagon production. Glucagon is like your body's storage unit for keeping glucose. And it essentially just holds on to that glucose, which of course raises your blood sugar because it's not being able to release it. So by inhibiting glucagon, your blood glucose stores are free to be released and used by the body for energy, other processes, etc., effectively lowering your blood glucose. Our bodies naturally make GLP, but in diabetic patients, GLP isn't functionally properly, so they need to get it from an exogenous or an external source, hence this GLP-1 synthetic molecule. The way that it works like in our bodies is that after you eat a meal, GLP is released and it travels to the brain and tells your it tells your brain and your body that you've just eaten a meal. And that triggers a feeling of fullness. On top of that, GLP-1 inhibitors will slow down the rate at which food gets emptied out of your stomach, which further promotes a feeling of satiety. So all of this prevents cravings, food cravings, overeating. And in many cases, you'll hear patients say that I actually don't even feel like eating at all. Like I, if I, mm-hmm. I need to remind myself to eat sometimes because I don't have that sensation of hunger, which of course right. all aids in weight loss. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone who has diabetes should be on a GLP-1 inhibitor. These are intense prescription drugs, and not everyone also likes to inject themselves once a week. It's mm-hmm. also a patient preference thing. I remember recommending a patient on Victoza, which is another GLP-1 inhibitor, liraglutide. It's because she was diabetic and she was struggling with losing weight and had a past history of cardiac disease. So that's kind of like a ding, ding, ding situation for someone who uh, would be a candidate for this because GLP-1s are proven to significantly reduce the risk for heart attack and stroke. So it's kind of like, it is honestly like a great drug in that way because it's, it's hitting cardiovascular disease, which also aids in diabetes, it increases your risk for stroke and heart attack. So, and plus obviously the weight loss. So that's kind of like the gist of what a GLP-1 is. And that kind of brings us to myth number one, that Ozempic is FDA approved for weight loss. It's not. I can't speak for other countries, but in the U.S., Ozempic is only indicated for the treatment of type 2 diabetes. Now, that doesn't mean that Ozempic can't be, can't be prescribed for weight loss. There are certainly many, many patients who are diabetic who are on Ozempic specifically for the combined effect that it has on lowering blood glucose plus the weight loss. There is a different drug that is FDA approved for only weight loss called Wegovy which we'll get into. Megan, so far, are you familiar with Wegovy? Like, are you familiar with like Ozempic? Like what's, what are your initial I thoughts? I am familiar with all of the above. I am curious to hear your myth busting because a lot of the information I've gotten is from Reddit. So like take that mm. with a grain of salt. Sure. But I, after you share all this, I'm going to drop like a huge bomb probably. And we can talk okay. about like personal stuff. But okay, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with all of this. And then I wanted to know... Um, what I am not sure because the other term that's thrown around as non-brand, as the generic mm-hmm. name, is mm-hmm. semeglutide. Mm-hmm. Do those all Ozempic and Wegovy? Do those count as semeglutide? Those that is yes. what they are, but that's they just go by their brand name of Ozempic and Wegovy. And the Correct. and the other one that I I see thrown around as well is Monjaro. So if you know I saw that about too, that, that one is more of a mystery to me. But I do see like 
a lot of people talking about that in the right. semaglutide subreddit. So right, right, yeah. right. Yes, I will, and I will get to all of that. So that great transition because myth number two: are Ozempic and Wegovy Ozempic and Wegovy are not the same. So that's myth okay. number two. That is false. Ozempic and Wegovy are literally the same thing. They are both semaglutide, mm. but have different brand names. It's just a marketing thing. So. Wagovi was FDA approved in 2021, so very recently, for chronic weight management in adults with obesity or overweight with at least one weight-related condition, such as high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, or high cholesterol, for use in addition to a reduced calorie diet and an increased physical activity, so diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are so many drugs. This is very common. There are so many drugs that are the same but are just marketed under different names. Sometimes it's an insurance thing. Sometimes it's purely just like a brand marketing thing, but they work exactly the same. They are the same side effects. It's, it's the same thing. So the only difference for healthcare people out there, this is good for you guys to know, is that Wagovi will always be prescribed at a higher dose. So that's how you can kind of tell the indication because sometimes it's maybe they're just getting the generic version and it's not brand name. So how do you tell what it's for, right? This is a good mm -hmm. tip. So it's based on the dosing. If it's weight loss, it's higher. So for Rigovi, it'll be 2.4 milligrams subcutaneous weekly, whereas for Ozempic for diabetes, it's 0.25 milligrams just to start out. Mm. So that's quite a significant difference between the two. Now, the other one, remind me of the name again, the one that starts with an M. Monjaro. M-O-N-J-A-R-O. Okay. Kind of yeah. makes me think of Monsanto for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, Monjaro. I don't... <laughs> I don't know about that one, to be honest. Like the little I saw from one of the articles I read was that it's it's not semaglutide, but it's like something similar to that where it also caused – I think it's actually even stronger than, than the both of uh, them. That's what I'm – that's what I'm seeing just from like generic answer, like Ozempic versus Manjaro. What is it? Right. And it says Manjaro, its um, peptide name is Terzapeptide. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's what I saw. Terzapeptide terza terza or however you pronounce it. Sure. And someone does it has been proven to be more effective than semaglutide. It has the same components as semaglutide, but acts on both the GIP and GLP1 receptors. Whereas Ozempic mm. solely acts on the GLP1 receptors. Right, right. That and is I do, interesting. Yeah. And I have seen like based on the conversation between Manjaro and Ozempic that Manjaro seems to like really cut people's weight in a very significant way. I mean, yeah. they both do, but um, yeah. just the way people talk about the drug and their experience, mm -hmm. the difference in their experiences, I can tell the Manjaro patients really shed pounds. Um, Very quickly, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is, that's interesting. I wish I did more research on that. So that'll be like a follow-up for myself, but yeah, yeah, that's all. Basically what Megan said right now is the extent of my knowledge about that particular drug, mm -hmm. but we'll continue ahead with, with Ozempic yeah, yeah. and Wigovi. Of course. Yeah, those are the much more well-known. I didn't even know about yeah. Manjaro until I started looking up Neither. Ozempic and Wagovi, So Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> so myth number three, Ozempic is not being prescribed for only weight loss because we have Wagovi, and even if it mm -hmm. is, it's okay. So Ozempic is definitely being prescribed by doctors for just weight loss despite Wagovi being on the market. Why is that? This could be, and this is now me speculating, just like an educated guess. This could be because Wagovi is specifically indicated for, for patients who are obese and overweight plus one other weight-related condition, as I just said. Uh, and because it's, it might be too new 
to set a precedent for off-label prescribing just yet. So mm. it is very specific in the FDA label of who it should be given to. Mm-hmm. So there might not be a lot of room, wiggle room. Whereas yeah. with Ozempic, it's been on the market, as I said, since 2017 and has likely been prescribed off-label for weight loss for some time now. So it's a little more mm. mainstream to do so. And that is technically legal. I won't say it's okay mm-hmm. because that is subjective, but it is yeah. legally within a doctor's right to do so. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time and it's called off-label prescribing, which essentially is when a doctor uses their best judgment, their best discernment to prescribe a medication to a patient for which it isn't FDA approved for. Okay. But here's the thing. Off-label prescribing is only okay if it's within the scope of the doctor to prescribe that drug. For example, if you're a dentist, let's say you shouldn't be prescribing your patients with antidepressants and Ambien for 10 years straight. That is a true story. That actually happened. Mm -hmm. The moral of the story is just stay in your lane. And I actually, let me see if I can play this. I wanted to play a clip and I want to know if you've seen this, Megan. Okay. It's the Chelsea Handler clip when she talks about Ozempic being prescribed to her. No, I haven't seen this. Okay. So Chelsea, we'll see how this plays out on like an audio version. We can cut it if it doesn't work. On the Call Her Daddy podcast, Chelsea was a guest and there's a snippet that's been kind of going viral amidst all this Ozempic situation. And it's Mm -hmm. basically about Chelsea getting prescribed Ozempic, but not realizing she was, she was on it. So I'll I'll quickly, (laughs) I'll play it and we'll see how it plays. Let me just turn it up. Oh, my doctor, my anti-aging doctor just hands it out to anybody. Right. I didn't even know I was on it. I came back from a vacation and I injected myself with it. And I went to lunch with like a girlfriend a few days later and she's like, I'm not really eating anything. I'm so nauseous. I'm on Ozempic. I'm nauseous too. And then I'm like, but I'm not on Ozempic. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, well, what is it? I go, I'm on semaglutide. And she goes, that's, that's so, what so it is. <laughs> I'm not on it anymore. I stopped taking. That's too irresponsible. I, I'm an irresponsible drug user, but I'm not going to take a diabetic drug for like, I, I tried it. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do it anymore. No, I don't. That's not for me. That's not right. Okay, okay, interesting. Interesting. I do have thoughts, but I want to okay. hear what you have to say. My first immediate thought was, what the hell's an anti-aging doctor? <laughs> like, what? Usually, what is- usually, I almost feel like it falls into the category of med spa stuff. And in, ah, in, the, realm, in the realm of Hollywood, it's, it's a real doctor. Like, yeah, like uh, it's a real physician, but it's probably um, someone who deals more with aesthetics or medications that can um, hype heighten your aesthetics. But to me, yeah. when I hear like an anti-aging doctor, I feel like that's the language you'll see on any med spa website. I like see. estheticians, but they yeah. do have MDs. Like right, right, doctors. right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, the best that we're going to get here is maybe they're a dermatologist, p- potentially a plastic mm-hmm. surgeon. Either mm-hmm. way, it, that is still not in their scope to prescribe Ozempic. Can right. they prescribe it? Yes. yes. Are they prescribing mm-hmm. it? Clearly. Yes. yes. <laughs> is it ethical? Not really. So that those are my immediate thoughts on it. And I'll, I'll just follow up with this little piece saying that mm-hmm. the only doctors who have any business prescribing Ozempic or Wagovi are primary physicians, gastroenterologists, mm-hmm. endocrinologists, and any physicians with expertise in obesity. And I say physicians, yeah. but also just any healthcare providers who have the ability to prescribe. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, those are my immediate thoughts. Megan, turn okay. to you. Yeah. My thoughts are the, I think what's the controversy, of course, around 
any of these semaglutide drugs is the Mm -hmm. ethics, right? And the reason why it's a big thing in pop culture is because, um, you know, a lot of, well, to, to be fair, from my point of view, I see it being associated with Hollywood, but I'm mm-hmm. like, the only person <laughs> that I have seen who's outed themselves as willingly using it, not like um, Chelsea, who like didn't even know she was using it, but who's willing, <laughs> willingly use it <clears throat> and posted a video about it on Instagram is, is Gigi from Shaws of Sunset. And I don't oh. watch that show. I have not watched a show in years. But yeah. out of all the people that I know from pop culture who came out to be like, I'm I'm going to be transparent. I'm not going to be shy about that I'm using this drug is, yeah. is Gigi, which is totally, right. totally her at the same time. That is, <laughs> if you've ever watched um, Shaws of Sunset, you know that she she is someone who's like, I'm going to be real. Yeah, um, that's so true. I'm only using her as an example because I follow another very... Um, I adore this uh, writer, journalist, uh, pop culture enthusiast. His name is Evan Ross Katz. Go follow mm-hmm. him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's from his account. He started mm-hmm. just using like the term like, oh, another Ozempic face, you know, in Hollywood, this, that, like the Oscars was <laughs> Oscars Ozempic, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And to, to and I absorb that. And I'm like, yeah, like, same, yeah, same. Mindy Kaling, I know you said you worked out, but you are looking so, so slim in a short amount of time. Like that sort of thing. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I feel like it's something that's believable. Like, yeah, all these celebrities, especially because I'm just ranting now, but especially (laughs) because the Kardashians are in their skinny era, that influence trickles. That influence trickles. It all started with them too. Like people pointing their fingers like, oh, Kim's using some sort of smuggletype, whether it's Wagovi or Zempic. Chloe's doing it. And then it trickles throughout that circle of influence in Hollywood. Mm-hmm, and then you get mm-hmm. people like Evan Ross Cass, who's talking about it um, for just like people to read about. The thing is though, none of them have ever, none of them have ever actually come out and be like, yes, I'm using that. Is it possible? Highly, highly, highly possible. But yeah. what I'm trying to say, I think uh, I'm trying to make a comment on internet and pop culture and all that. We are so quick to be like, oh my gosh, that's unethical that they're doing that. Well, mm, we don't actually mm-hmm. know. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to defend them or justify it. I'm just trying to say that there's suddenly been an association with Hollywood. I'm sure right. it's running rampant. I'm sure there's a grain, like there is truth Ozempic parties. Same, right, exactly. Instead of Botox parties, <laughs> right. Botox parties are definitely still happening. <laughs> I, I'm just saying like, we don't actually know. So I think yeah. it's unfair to suddenly point fingers at all these celebrities and be like, you guys are all unethical and blah, 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 blah. So that's oh, part I one of my get rant. it. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's part, that's part one of my rant. Okay. The <laughs> second part of my rant is I did think it was interesting that Chelsea in that interview very mm-hmm. quickly was trying to be like, that's not me. Like, I don't want to take this diabetic medication away from people. And yeah. I feel like that language is very much influenced by how people, the normal people in the world, non-celebrities mm-hmm. are reacting mm-hmm. to us thinking that oh, celebrities are using Ozempic and taking yeah. taking that supply away from people who actually have type 2 diabetes. Right. Um, and so she was very quick to try to disassociate herself with that, right? You can tell from the interview. In my mind... Here's going back to the the ethics. I think personally, it's totally okay for somebody to get a prescription if mm-hmm. they do not if they do not have type two diabetes. 
but if they are and have always struggled with weight because right. you can be obese and never have right. had or been diagnosed with diabetes. But um, I think my ethics, I agree that like, okay, if you're someone who's already 130 pounds within the right height and range for that mm-hmm. to be a healthy BMI, mm-hmm. to be 130 pounds and like 5'4", it's very healthy BMI. Yeah, Maybe it is not, maybe Ozempic or any sort of semaglutide is not something you need. You know, yeah. I agree with that. And a lot of going back to celebrities and us finger pointing at them, it's mm-hmm. true that a lot of celebrities are already in a pretty normal weight range or what is normal for the BMI, like a quote unquote healthy weight range for BMI. Yeah. I think that if you are a, a person without type two diabetes, but you fall under, which I think the BMI is BS, but fall under uh, clinically obese, according to your BMI or cl- overweight, or you've struggled with mental health problems because of your weight for so mm-hmm. long or whatever, mm-hmm. I think go for it. That's my yeah. opinion. I think go for it because that can, that can change your whole life, your whole attitude, yeah. your whole, only, totally. only if you feel like you need to. If you're, yeah. yeah, like at the end of the day, like embrace yourself, your body. But I know a lot of people who struggle. So mm-hmm. it's like, if that's something they seek out, that's not something they should be ever be shamed for either. Those are all really, really good and important points. And I, I that's exactly what I'm going to talk about next. So kind of about the celebrity aspect and maybe like the ethics of it all as well. Like what mm-hmm. you were touching on, Megan. So what has been happening is Megan talked about just now is that celebrities, influencers, or people with money will go to their mm-hmm. doctors and request Ozempic to be prescribed to them. The patient mm-hmm. gets a prescription. And of course, it's not covered by insurance because the patient clearly has no history of diabetes right. and or obesity. So they have right. to pay for the entire prescription out of pocket, which is ballpark yeah. around $1,600 to $2,000. That yeah. is n- not a lot if you have the money for it, right? Right. Yeah. Considering- if you can spend... If you yeah. can spend over a thousand dollars for every month, because the schedule yeah. typically is a certain dosage is given mm-hmm. allotted to you per month, and then you mm-hmm. have to re up. That yeah. is crazy expensive. Yep. Um, and insurance, most insurance do not cover weight loss drugs. These fall under mm-hmm. quote unquote weight loss drugs right now. Mm-hmm. And I've looked into this. <laughs> why I, know. <laughs> yeah. I know my insurance doesn't cover it. I know I would have to pay over a thousand dollars out of pocket wow. for any of these drugs. Mm-hmm. And for those, oh, we'll get into this later. I'll talk about alternatives. But yeah. um, the only time that insurance does cover it is if you ha- have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. or some other, You um, a lot of people will end up getting a referral to their endocrinologist or their cardiologist mm-hmm. because those are the physicians who can actually talk to insurance and advocate yes. and be like, they are an exception. This person is exception. They need this drug. And then that insurance will cut that shit down to $30 a month. That's yep. what I see. But you have mm-hmm. to fall into this particular diagnosis, which is totally yeah. valid. Totally. Yeah. Valid. Yeah. If exactly. you don't, if you are a mm, typically healthy individual, mm-hmm. you will have to pay out of pocket. That's yep. usually how it goes. Yeah. And that is no problem for these people because the price to pay is very small for the results that they'll get from this mm-hmm. quote unquote miracle drug. So yeah. that what that means is that automatically puts Ozempic into the hands of people who can afford it. Mm-hmm. And diabetes medications are some of the, the most unaffordable drugs on the market, even with mm-hmm. insurance. Mm-hmm. And this recent popularity of Ozempic has caused a shortage for months. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. only just now in March of 2023. And this has been going on since just like, I think even I want to say November of 2022. Mm-hmm. So for months now, that's there's been a storage, but only just now, March 2023, are we hearing that Ozempic is finally back in stock and on the mm-hmm. shelves in all doses except for the two milligrams as of mm-hmm. this as of this today, this reporting. Now, something that maybe um, I don't know if you read anything about this or you can even um, prove me wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. but I did read somewhere that the reason why there was a shortage is because there is actually a shortage in the pen packaging. There wasn't right. ever a shortage in the drug, the GL1, mm-hmm. um, sorry, is it GL1P? Yeah, GL1P. GLP1. G- GLP1, mm-hmm. the actual drug that curbs your appetite that's in the mm-hmm. pen, that wasn't in shortage, but it was the 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 canister that was in right. shortage. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think and- I, oh, sorry. And I'm only putting that out there because I think with this conversation around, oh, you know, people who are abusing this drug, it's causing Mm -hmm. a shortage. Technically, yes, but not for the reasons that you think. And I think people were thinking that, oh, it's a shortage in the actual drug that is life-changing. I'm like, no, it's actually this manufacturer, third-party manufacturer who's creating the canister was slow on their orders or whatever, and there's a supply chain issue. So Right, right. I think think it's a little bit of both in the fact that, because I was reading some information coming from Novo Nordisk, which is the company mm-hmm. that makes this makes Ozempic um, yeah. and Wigovi. They were saying that although it was, yes, like the actual, not canisters, like what would you say? Like the, the injectable pen? device? Yeah, like yeah. exactly. So the, the injectable pen or device was in short supply. And the, the I think it's the CEO of Novo Nordisk was stating that it's part of it is a supply chain issue, like the market and things like that. But mm-hmm. also like they were could not keep up with supply because of the increased popularity of Ozempic right. for use for weight loss specifically, because right. Right. there's always going to be a certain number of diabetes patients. They always do like those market trends and forecasts. Like they understand how much, how many patients have diabetes. They can't really, they couldn't determine really that there was going to be this spike of all these people wanting right. Ozempic for this for weight loss, right? So they right. couldn't keep up with demand, and ultimately that does, you know, and and I'll continue with this. So, yeah. I would say like that ultimately does take out diabetes medications or take Ozempic out of the hands of people who need it, who have diabetes, yeah. and into the hands of people who want it more for weight loss. Which yeah. again, like even though we have Wigovi that is specifically for weight loss. Uh, it's unclear right now why that's not being prescribed more. I, I, I do think it's because it's so new and the, the indication is very specific. So more, more so, to come on that. One thing that I truly believe is that, well, now we're finding out, I think these drugs have been used for weight loss for a long time, like since they've yeah. been released or whatever, since yeah. 2017. Mm-hmm. And I just, this whole situation is so fascinating because I think it speaks to the power of anything being associated with people like the Kardashians. Because I think once their name was tied to Mm -hmm. this Ozempic or Wigovi, like that's when problems started to happen. But I think the reality is people who do not fall under a certain diagnosis and are Mm -hmm. simply just um, overweight, clinically overweight, clinically obese, they have been using it for so long now. Yeah. So. And I 
I think that's part, I, I'm glad you brought that up because for me, it was very bizarre for me to start seeing Ozempic in the headlines mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is some like random pharmaceutical yeah, like, drug that I learned about. about. Yeah. I'm like, right. who cares about Ozempic? Like, why is this suddenly, right. I just like, just like with, as a pharmacist, I'm like, I have learned about these drugs over and over again, like to like mm-hmm. my Bane's existence. And it's like, okay, yes, there, it's a diabetes drug. It also causes weight loss. That's great. And here's mm-hmm. why. So, mm-hmm. and I, it's just so common knowledge for me that, you know, it's for diabetes patients and it helps with weight right. loss, but to see it in like this different context, I'm like, this is mm-hmm. really bizarre. Like what's yeah. going on. Right. Because it's one of those things. It's like, this is not something new. It's been there. And Ozempic is yeah. not just as a reminder, Ozempic is the latest drug to be prescribed to be FDA approved in this category. Mm -hmm. The first one I think uh, came out in like the mid 2000s. So I want to say 2008 or 2014, like they're, they all cause Mm -hmm. weight loss. And as Megan pointed out, patients who are on this, who have diabetes, they're on it pretty much for life. Like this is a normal part of their lives for years now, decades now. So yeah, it's just curious how things pop up and when. Yeah. And why? And like, what's the motive to the people who want to bring these things to the surface? Because I will say with this Ozempic thing, it gives me major flashbacks to what Ivermectin did to the media. Right. right? And I, (laughs) if you listen (laughs) almost like 50 episodes back at this point, you know, I'm very passionate about how Ivermectin was treated because the reality is Ivermectin is an FDA approved drug, right? That had been used in our human, human medicine for years and decades <laughs> for scabies. For scabies. Oh, scabies, yeah. Yeah, it had been used specifically for scabies. If you had a really, really severe mm-hmm. case of scabies, you could take ivermectin tablets and it would mm-hmm. purge the fucking critters out of your body. <laughs> and then the moment it's associated with some sort of political party or the anti-COVID sentiment or whatever, it just ruined everything. How the yeah. internet saw ivermectin and how yes. news talked about ivermectin and how it's horse paste and blah 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 which yes it does come <laughs> in the form of horse paste but there's a human form people it's, it's an actual prescribed medication it just mm-hmm. it honestly ruined things for it people did. who actually needed ivermectin to cure scabies like exactly. think about our homeless population that probably struggles with scabies shame shame on all of you <laughs> That's how I feel about it. So I feel like this is the same thing with those Ozempic. Completely. And I think this is a great reminder for all of us that we can't simply ignore pop culture. Like we can't do away with pop culture like it's some silly thing. It has power. Pop culture is power. Mm-hmm. It has so much power to influence people. We must pay attention to what's going on. What are the trends? And mm-hmm. I guess just be vigilant about educating ourselves and other people because Exactly. Like we don't want this to happen because it does have serious ripple effects for everyone Mm -hmm. else. Right. And also like what can happen from what I've seen on these message boards and talking to (laughs) uh, physicians there, what probably was something that they were so comfortable to prescribe before, you know, it was associated with the Kardashians or whatever celebrity. Now, when they talk to patients, they're very much like, okay, well, let's consider these other options potentially like there's now a hesitation Correct. and a pressure that I think um, medical practitioners feel when mm-hmm. they prescribe it now. And a lot of that pressure is because of the supply chain um, demand and issues. They know that it's in short supply. So they want to prioritize it for what they consider as the right people. But yeah. that's, that's all a trickle effect of 
one article in pop yeah. culture, you know, like saying, it's oh, crazy. this is bad. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And just just to go back to the shortage, there was something else that popped up during that time. So during that shortage of, of Ozempic, like, and or I should say the med- the injectable devices, a bunch of online telehealth telehealth companies seized that mm-hmm. opportunity to offer weight yeah. loss subscription services, which I think is just nuts to to provide yeah. monthly accolades access to Ozempic mm-hmm. or similar weight loss drugs for a hundred dollars a month. That's one, that's one mm-hmm. of them. And that excludes payment for the actual drug. So this is expensive stuff. And mind you, yeah. this is all out of pocket. Just, just as a reminder, mm-hmm. one of these companies offering such service is called sequence and it was recently okay. purchased by Weight Watchers. So this is becoming oh. like this whole business. And yeah. for for me, like from this, from the healthcare perspective, it, it, it does concern me because telehealth, we can't necessarily do labs. We can't do a physical examination to determine mm-hmm. if a person is a good candidate for such a drug. And again, this is a pharmaceutical grade drug. This is, this is a real deal thing. And for the right mm-hmm. candidate, it can be literally life-saving. But yeah. like any other drug out there, there are side effects and Ozempic is not exempt for that. Mm-hmm. The healthcare community is urgently reminding each other and the public that semaglutide comes with a potential risk of thyroid C-cell tumors and should not be used in patients with a personal or family history of medullary thyroid carcinoma or mm-hmm. in patients with a rare condition called multiple endocrine neoplasia syndrome type 2 mm-hmm. or short for men too. Now, mm-hmm. that is not to scare anybody. We're not fear-mongering mm-hmm. here. It's a very small percentage. It is a potential risk, as I said. But that is just to remind everyone that this is not just like this fun weight loss medication. No, like this this has effect. It's a chemical compound going into your body that has real effects on not just like your weight, but other parts of your body too. So let's just mm-hmm. remind each other of that and really think about these things before we decide to request it. And I, I firmly stand with Megan on this that if you have struggled with weight and you're able to do this and, and have this, it can be life-changing in a very positive way, but it's all about like how you're approaching this. Right. Mm-hmm. In the clip of Chelsea, she mentioned something about nausea. And um, mm-hmm. for those who have no idea, like if this is your first introduction to conversation around smuglatide, then you wouldn't know like what the side effects are, but nausea yeah. and diarrhea are the top <laughs> things, yes. top yeah. side effects that I see from every message board, mm-hmm. every person that's actively on it that I've read their testimonials. It is predominantly nausea that I think impacts people. And yeah. um, for some people, Harini touched on this earlier, some people it is extreme lack of appetite. Mm-hmm. I am trigger warning, I'm going to use some ED language, but mm-hmm. one person, uh, I think he's, he's a, a gentleman who went on Monjuro, I think. Okay. And he was probably 300 up, ended up going on Monjuro. And at the time of his post, his current weight was nearly a hundred pounds less. Like he was really Whoa. going. Yeah. But I mean, that's in a, that is in a time span of nine months to a year. That's the okay. realistic amount of time that it would take to, okay. for that type of weight to drop off even on this drug. But mm-hmm. still like to lose almost a hundred pounds in a year is very impressive. Yeah, um, it works. But I think it's, I think it's a healthier 
amount of time. So sorry, that's something we haven't addressed yet is like, how much would you actually lose? Is it an Mm -hmm. unhealthy amount of weight in a short amount of time, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, On average, it seems like people lose one pound a week, which is a healthy and sustainable amount to lose per week um, Mm -hmm. from what I understand. So so it's safe in that regard. But this guy, he, he pretty much described it as he was like, it was again, trigger warning for ED, but it almost seemed like he was anorexic. He didn't, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like he was actively choosing to not eat, but the lack of appetite was so like, just not appetite was non-existent to a point where he was like, I am not eating. I have to tell myself to eat. And I thought that was a very interesting thing Mm -hmm. that can happen on this drug when you're, um, when it inhibits that, is it glucagon? Glucagon. Like peptide. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. found that that was very fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is really fascinating because, I mean, it's fascinating, but also unsurprising at the same time that mm-hmm. yeah, these drugs work. Like they they go yeah, through yeah. clinical trials because they they freaking work, <laughs> and they do their jobs. And I think sometimes that surprises people to be like, wow, this is like really really working. And the reason for that mm-hmm. is is it's hard to find. We've gone through. There's. I mean, we could do a whole episode on weight loss drugs in our history mm-hmm. that have been just like fads or just total mm-hmm. scams. This yeah. is one that actually works and you're seeing right. results, right? So it is yeah. a little bit of a unicorn that way, if you want to think of it that way. And I will just say like the nausea and vomiting or just like the GI mm-hmm. issues, that is actually because it is such a big side effect, it's actually one of the signs that the drug is working. So doctors will actually ask you, like, are you experiencing some nausea? Okay, we're on the right track. And in terms of not feeling, uh, not having an appetite, that is a very, also very common symptom. I was reading another patient who was was on Ozempic and she said she had to put timers or alarms on her phone to remind herself, Mm -hmm. like, I need to have breakfast. I need to have lunch at this time and dinner. Otherwise, she could just not eat, right? So- Mm -hmm. It, I don't know if that's consistent across the board, but it's definitely something that happens. Yeah. Okay. Let me just finish off with the celebrity stuff real quick. So there is a registered dietitian and Instagram influencer named Dana Amari, and she has spoken out about the rising popularity of Ozempic, more just like following the news mm-hmm. in, in terms of pop culture. And she revealed to her followers that the Kardashians, namely Kim and mm-hmm. Chloe, likely started Ozempic the f- previous year, like around the time mm-hmm. Uh, of the Met Gala that was exactly like what allowed Kim to fit into her Marilyn Monroe dress for the Met Gala outfit. Uh, Chloe Mm -hmm. has, I don't think Kim has responded to that, but Chloe has Mm -hmm. actively responded saying, guys, I go to the gym five days a week. This is the result of hard work, blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, I don't think anyone like that, except for Gigi, (laughs) I don't think anyone's (laughs) going to actually actively admit that they did it that they have taken it. So honestly, mm-hmm. these are all rumor mills. We don't know, mm-hmm. but I, I can guarantee that this is happening, that it is, it is certainly happening. Yeah. I just don't know who. And, and, and mm-hmm. also like going back to Chelsea as an example, there's yeah. a very real chance that these celebrities are getting put on it, not even knowing what it is until these rumor mills came about and they're like, Oh shit, I've been on this this whole time. I thought I was just doing a diligent workout sure. routine because that was something that I finally chose to do. And I just thought it was really working, you know, and, and it turns out, no, I, um, maybe this drug that you've been pres- prescribed for another reason, like quote unquote, anti-aging, whatever that right. means yeah. is what's helping. And so who knows, like who, who knows? Yeah. Exactly. And 
as we talked about, this started a trend across the industry, which even culminated in that cheeky comment by Jimmy mm-hmm. Kimmel at the Oscars. So mm-hmm. whether or not rumors are true, I'll leave that for you, Poison Pals, to speculate. Yeah. While you think about that, let's head into the final myth. I'll talk about two other ones real quick, but this is the last actual myth. Is Ozempic made from lizard lips? What? <laughs> I've never heard this. Didn't see that one coming. No, totally out of left field. I, I guess I haven't looked up Ozempic enough. Lizard lips. I what actually lips of all parts of the lizard. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> that is so silly. I have to admit, this is probably not like a widespread myth going around, but I did hear this on another podcast, like a pop culture podcast, that they're like, uh-huh. I heard this 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 drug was made from lizard lips. And I was like, okay, let's let's what? talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To be honest, it's not far off from the truth. Mm. So this drug is made from the saliva of the Gila monster. Oh, snap. They're yeah. I think. Wait, are they? I have to look this up. Okay, continue, continue. So in 1990, an endocrinologist named Dr. John Eng was researching Gila monster venom to see if there might be any medicinal use. And through that process, he discovered that Gila monsters could go long periods of time without eating and were able to slow down their metabolism while still maintaining constant blood sugar levels. Mm. Pretty phenomenal, you know, work of body chemistry there. Yeah. The the peptide that allows the Gila monster to do this is called Exendin-4. And Exendin-4 was strikingly similar in both structure and function to human GLP-1. So Extendin 4 was used to make the first synthetic GLP-1 drug called Exenatide. And so that's the first in class of that medication. So that's, that, is our, that is our final myth. But there are two other ones I left off just for time purposes. But since mm-hmm. we have a little bit of time, I'll address it. Yeah. And maybe, Megan, you know this one. The one that popped mm-hmm. up the most was that Ozempic will cause something called Ozempic face. Yes. Yes. This cheap – it's not to me i'm like it's not even the cheekbones it's just that like your buckle fat (laughs) sinks in right in the the pop culture conversation there's a lot of like what's happening to our buckle fat and buckle face removal is so popular but it does tie into the ozempic face i think they're the same thing you know i'm like oh i love round faces i have a round (laughs) face so i'm biased i love a round face (laughs) no exactly and people a lot of physicians and dietitians and what have you were like guys that's just what happens when you lose weight yeah. <laughs> like yeah like, it's Literally. just there's no such thing like like have yeah. people forgotten what it's like to lose weight naturally like that's just what happens yeah. like you just lose oh, is, that in certain places is that oh are you see this whole time when people were saying ozempic face i just thought it was like yeah you get this face because you lose weight because you're on ozempic i didn't mm-hmm. realize people were using it as a term of like this is a clinical side effect like this is yeah. unique to, oh, I just thought it was like a cheeky thing to say, like, oh, you should got that Ozempic face. Like, let's say oh, no, I no, lost no. weight without using any drug or whatever. I'd be right, like, right. that Ozempic <laughs> face. No, no. They're like, oh, this is like a horrible side effect because people are like, oh, it's making me look sallow and gaunt. And it's like, oh no, no, well, yeah, you're just losing weight. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's I think a lot of people who are saying this are people who are not used to it and honestly who should not mm. be on it because they're already mm. at a healthy weight. Already, yeah. yeah. And then it's 
it's very apparent that they're starting to see their bones a little bit more sticking out in X, Y, and Z yeah. factors. So they're like, oh, Ozempic yeah, yeah. face. It's like, no, no, no. You were already healthy and now you're, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. losing weight. This this might rub people the wrong way, and I apologize, but I think it's ironic that people, for example, like uh, Chelsea's saying, oh, her anti-aging doctor gave her Ozempic, right? <laughs> I always think, I think it's ironic that... Uh, when people lose weight, their goal is also tied to trying to be younger. Like, you know, anything yeah. to do with anti-aging and losing weight, they're That's all tied true. in together right now mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. probably have always been tied in together. But in my mind, I'm like, people with round faces always look the youngest. So I don't get why That's people right. are... Um, isn't, I just feel like that's the case. Like round cheeks indicates juvenile, juvenile. You have a lot of, um, mm-hmm. collagen. collagen no. That's the word. Yeah. You have a lot of collagen. So it's funny that that would be, this drug would be prescribed to a celebrity for anti-aging. Cause I'm like, well, wouldn't you want a little, are there's like know. fillers in to like combat, combat? <laughs> Who knows, man? Know. It's all know, messy. Man. It's like you need a this to combat this, and then you have the this, yeah. and then this. I I don't know, man. Uh, but okay, that that is all to say. Teach their own. Teach their own. Ozempic face is not real. That is a myth. And yeah. then the last okay. one I'll touch on briefly is that if you stop taking Ozempic, you will gain weight. And mm. the answer to that it's not really a, a myth because it is true. Mm. Like so, if you stop mm-hmm. taking Ozempic, you will there's a potential that you will gain the weight back because there's a possibility. And and the way that I like to describe that is, for example, if you are taking a blood pressure medication and you just, and you reach your blood pressure goal and then you Mm -hmm. stop taking it, it's not like you're, you're going to stay at that blood pressure, right? Like there was a reason that you got to that levels because you were having an aid, like a medication that was helping you get to that goal. And when you stop taking that medication, you will most likely slip back to like the your original blood pressure, right? So just very mm-hmm. similarly in here, you're taking this for a specific reason. You're taking for weight loss. If you remove right. that aid, there's a high chance that you will regain your original weight if you're not right. also supplementing it with proper diet and exercise, which you always should. Yeah. I see that as part of that ongoing conversation for people who have been using it for weight loss mm-hmm. purposes. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, a, a lot of them ask, will I have to be on this forever? And yeah. there are some people who respond, I am into the idea, like I might just have to be on this forever. There's yeah. some people who reply back and they're like, I ended up going off of it mm-hmm. after like a solid two years on it. Wow, and yeah. then like, so it seems like the typical experience is um, people will be on it for a year. Mm-hmm. Then they'll go maybe another year or half a year on a short a smaller dosage like they'll go they'll bounce back down to a smaller dosage as a, mm. as a maintenance dosage and yeah. the idea behind that and i don't know if this is real science but mm. the idea behind it is to be put on a maintenance dosage for that second year or half half a year after is so that your body can get used to your new weight and how its metabolism works on the new weight and then mm. they take themselves fully off of it with yeah. it after that second year and it seems like some anecdotes, people will be like, I fluctuate five five pounds up and down, but I haven't gone all the way back up to yeah. my highest weight or anything like that. So right. I don't know. Obviously, treat it individually. Um, right. Mm-hmm. We don't I, – I don't think we know. I don't think we yeah. know fully. But, yes, you could probably gain weight back depending on 
how you use it and what your exactly. lifestyle changes are too right. during on it. So for those who are listening and have been highly considering taking this, just know that like um, you have to have some change in uh, habits as well while you're doing yes. this. Yes. Because what this drug does for you is kill your appetite, but you also have to like have a little bit of moderate exercise every day. And then that's how people really lose weight. But that's yeah. part of the habit changing for, for long yeah. sustainable weight loss goals. That's the reality of the drug. I, I- because if you are not incorporating a change in diet and exercise and you're just relying on Ozempic to lose the weight, which it will, it it will shed the pounds, maybe not as much as it would if you were to incorporate diet and exercise as well. But for sure, if you're just utilizing Ozempic and nothing else, and then you go off Mm -hmm. of it, there is a very high possibility that you will gain the weight all the way back, right? right? Because just like with anything, like I think you're right, Megan, like once you Mm -hmm. get your metabolism used to the certain Mm -hmm. new, like, like say a plateau of where you're at, then Mm -hmm. if you, if then you have the opportunity to maybe scale back or go off of it altogether because you've already like established this habit of healthy Mm -hmm. exercise and diet. And there now you're at this new level, right? So yeah, that's all to say. That's it. Like that's yeah, those are all so the myths. Fascinating. I think and, it's a yeah. fun, fun topic to talk about. Um, two things. The first thing mm-hmm. is you mentioned you said the word fad earlier, and yeah. I am super curious to see will this be a fad in terms of how it's talked about in in the mainstream media. Will it be a fad? Just how past diet fads are. Or right. will this be something that does outlive being a fad and become normalized? Because here's the thing, like, I think yeah. my beef with the conversation around Ozempic and people people who are not diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes who are using it to lose weight, I, my my beef around how people are judged because of that is is like, how can we have a culture that demonizes people who are over a certain weight or a body shape and at Mm -hmm. the same time judge those same exact people who are trying to do something in, in this case, take a a weight loss drug to then fit into the standards that we're putting on them. So that's why I get so heated about this. Mm -hmm. People are like, Oh, like you're, if you're not a diabetic, you shouldn't be using this. I'm in some cases. Yes. But in other cases, I'm like, it's, it's so, it's so high school to be like, you are fat and obese and you need to change and you need to fit into our standards of what we think is a perfect body. And then those people go and they find this great weight loss drug, this great opportunity. They start taking it and then they're shamed for taking quote, the easy way out. That is my beast That That's terrible. Like I I completely disagree with that rhetoric because, and I think where the confusion lies or maybe the disagreement lies is that, we don't want people who are, let's say, obese or overweight or just people mm-hmm. who are struggling with their health, uh, mm-hmm. not their health, their weight all their life to be on Ozempic. Let's keep right. – there's a reason why there's two different indicated drugs, right? Ozempic, mm-hmm. let's let's keep that for the diabetics who also probably mm-hmm. would aid in the weight loss. There's Wigovi. Like it is indicated mm-hmm. for people who are obese and overweight or struggling with their weight. I can guarantee you, even if you're not obese and overweight but you are struggling mm-hmm. with weight, uh, you – there will be a doctor who could vouch for you. Who you, if you have yeah. that honest and open conversation with them, I can guarantee you there will be a doctor who is willing to listen and willing to go to the insurance and be like, "Hey, this is a unique c- circumstance. 
we're going to try this out with my patient. There are always opportunities and no one should be shamed for trying to improve their health or their lifestyle, even if it's quote unquote store bought. Like people, Mm -hmm. that's, that's even the whole thing about uh, mental health. It's like, okay, if I can't get, if I can't naturally produce serotonin, store-bought is fine. Like it's kind of become mm-hmm. a running joke. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's all freaking okay. Like what's yeah. the big deal, right? As long as we're healthy and fulfilled and with whatever our choices are, who the fuck cares? Like what you do. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I think in terms specifically the online forums, the conversations yeah. that can permeate on the yeah. internet, those do those become those double standards like you yes, cannot completely. win and that's what i'm like yeah <sighs> makes me so no. mad but whatever <laughs> yeah that that rhetoric has to change and i think hopefully with this it will we can start here with us but yeah i, I don't agree with that for people who are already like at a great weight and just mm-hmm. being greedy about it <laughs> <laughs> okay then we can yeah yeah i tisk um. at you <laughs> All right. My final thing, this is the bomb I was going to drop. It's not really a bomb. I think it's very predictable given how I talked about how I talked in this whole episode. Yeah. So I went through one of those telehealth services. Uh I will not share the name because I don't know what impact that could have. I'm not saying I have a big influence, but sometimes (laughs) I think that it would be, I think for right now I'm going to withhold. If you're interested in anything I'm about to say and doing the same stuff I am about to share. Yeah use Reddit. I know that sounds sketch, but like Reddit really helped for me to find information. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, I went through a telehealth service, got in contact with a medical practitioner. And you earlier talked about how it's a little bit concerning with these telehealth services, what happens. What I've experienced is mm-hmm. that you're going to have medical practitioners on these sites, some of them who really stand by a certain ethics that might be more agreeable to certain people, and some who will write a prescription willy-nilly. You're going to yeah. get both of those. So I think the whole it's, range, yeah. it's tough. You're going to get the whole range on these services. I got in touch with a medical provider who was very mindful about what I was asking for. And Good. they pretty much were like, this is the reality right now. Um, I also learned a lot of people will get a prescription and try to get it sent to Canada. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, have you read the news? Um, Canada has officially like, been like, no more. We gotta, we gotta stop sending this or accepting prescriptions from us because Mm -hmm. they know that it's cheaper in Canada. So that's the line has been drawn there. Um, but that's what she, she informed me about all this stuff. And then she also informed me about how, if I wanted to go name brand, AKA Ozempic or Wagobi, Mm -hmm. it would be super crazy out of pocket. Then Mm -hmm. she offered an alternative. The alternative, which I've learned is controversial, Mm. but they sent me to a compounding pharmacy yes. and wrote a prescription. This is kind of what you talked about earlier about like their people are making a profit off of this. So I made a compounding yeah. pharmacy and wrote me a prescription for a compounded smuglatide, mm-hmm. um, meaning that they're not selling it under a brand name because that would be illegal. Yeah. But they are using some sort of GL1P drug that mm-hmm. is cut. I just like to word, use the word cut, but in this case, compounded with mm-hmm. something else. And yeah. from what I understand, usually it's cut with like B12 or whatever, just so that it can fall under the FDA's legal expectations mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. creating this like off-brand thing. Yes. So long story short, got a prescription, paid the money. 
you pay a $70 consulting fee or something like that, $70 to $100 consulting fee just to get the prescription. Mm-hmm. And then you pay the pharmacy that it's sent to for whatever amount they charge. Yeah. And in my case, they charge $300, which is a huge difference from 1000 That but is a lot. reason because mm-hmm. it's, it's not the name brand. Um, mm, I but- see. I'm sharing this because I will be your test subject. I'm letting you know how it goes. Yeah. I'm going through with this. So okay. Two, two months worth of it for $300. We'll see what happens. When do you start, if I may ask? Or have you already started? Uh, I just paid for it today for them to ship it to me. And I think it's going to take about like five business days for them to ship okay. it. So I will be go, starting middle of this month. And maybe we can check back in by month three. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Yes, I will tell you. Okay. This is, (laughs) this is very exciting. We have a real life case over here and I'm glad you brought up the compounding and I know we're, we're running out of time. So I'll I'll quickly say that, but that was just one other thing that I read. So actually going back to Dana Amari, that Instagram influencer, she was Mm -hmm. so outspoken about Ozempic and Mm -hmm. eventually like, I don't know if it's because she needed it or because she was just curious, but she decided to do it too. She Mm -hmm. wanted to like, just kind of get in on the action, so to speak. And the only way that she could get it is I think she did go through one of these online services Mm -hmm. and they told her to they sent her to a compounding pharmacy to get a Mm -hmm. compounded version and Mm -hmm. this is totally normal this is very all legal there are so many compounding pharmacies it's used all the time the the reason why compounding pharmacies are used it's usually for patients who uh need a certain formulation like a different Mm -hmm. formulation that's Mm -hmm. not fda approved like for example a lot of cancer patients, they can't take injections, so they'll give them fentanyl lollipops, like mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like a different version of it. And as Megan said, they can't legally sell it like how mm-hmm. it's the, re- the actual FDA recipe is. So they just add tweak it a little bit just for legal yeah. reasons. But you, that is how that's a big, I guess, uh, alternative way that they're able to get uh, Ozempic or Wigovi as semaglutide in the US. Yeah. So yes, please do keep us updated. I'm very curious how this works. I hope it's a great experience for you. So we will check back in soon then. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's an interesting world. (laughs) So interesting. I'm so glad that we touched on this. This was a last Mm -hmm. minute thing, but I'm glad we got to talk about it because there's just so much to talk about. So hopefully you guys got something out of that. Hopefully we've busted some myths for you especially the lizard lips so that's gonna be the name of the episode so <laughs> lizard lips no no, lizard no. It, lips. it can be whatever yeah but so all right let's, okay, let's uh, end this. Yeah, let's go to, um so real quick my antidote is last night i for the first time i tried to make authentic italian pasta oh. it came out terribly oh. But I'm glad that I pursued <laughs> a dish that I would never make. Um, yes. If you guys know me. I think Harini, you might know this. I have very strong opinions <laughs> on American culture's infatuation with Italian food and yeah. how Italian food is so freaking expensive in the States. And I don't understand why. I think it's, I, I don't know. So anyway. I know. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I have all the ingredients to make a simple spaghetti carbonara. Mm. Mm. it just came out so bad (laughs) it gave me insight that like you know what maybe i shouldn't knock this even though the ingredients are so simple i think there is a special heat temperature and way to stir it to really make it moist mine came out so dry and just eggy 
that's my antidote. I learned. Oh my gosh. I have a newfound appreciation for a cuisine that I rag on on the daily. This this episode is about all new perspectives. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, truly. Uh, All right. I will take us on out of the episode. Uh, Don't risk it for those lizard lips biscuit. That's all. Enough said. All right, guys. Thanks, Harini. Thanks, everybody. Bye. All right. Bye.